Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. Today we're going to share two short experiences which are both very interesting in their own right. So here we go. First, we got Allie from Enderf.org. She says, I was at home lying in my bed because I was ill that day, probably a very strong migraine, I'm not sure, and I slept. All I remember is that I saw a very strong white light, not like on earth. It is impossible to explain the intensity of that light. I found myself sitting at the round table with a white cloth. and my left, there was a person whose face I didn't see, yet dressed in white. I was certain that it was God. In front of me was another person in white, but I couldn't see the face. It was as if this person was eating biscuits or the like. There were crumbs falling on the table. The person to the left was talking telepathically in my head. I said I couldn't leave the earth because there were people who needed me, that I needed to go back, that I wasn't ready. I do not remember seeing my life displayed. And later, I woke up with a sudden shock and felt truly how my heart started beating again and started breathing again. But it is very, very hard to explain what I felt. It was as if my whole being restarted living. This day has really transformed me forever. Okay, we'll come back and, and comment on it in a minute. But uh, first, let's read uh, Jean's experience, also from enderf.org. She says, I am aware on the operating table, very stressed. They sedate me with mask and injection. I am anesthetized. Instead of having a blackout, I keep hearing voices, so the product has no effect. Then I hear the medics start to panic about my state. It is then that I realize I am dead. I am intimately convinced what I hear that is not my ears that, that hear. Let me read that sentence again. It's, it's strangely worded, but I, I think I'm getting the gist of it. I am intimately convinced what I hear that it is not my ears that hear. I am anesthetized, but it is me. I start to move away from the agitation. I'm not okay. No visual sensation, but have the impression of floating in the air. It is dark. I do not see. Something that I call the collective mind, in which all the good of humanity lives forever, shows me my life and makes me understand that I have not accomplished anything good. Only egoism governs my life. Thereupon, that spirit projects me into the future, 15 or 20 years further, and shows me what the life of those around me is, due to me, yet without me. I am dead for 20 years, and the moment that I live is from the now and not a vision of the future. Let me read that one again also. Um, I am dead for 20 years, and the moment that I live is from the now, and not a vision of the future. Next, the Spirit makes me understand that they are giving me a second chance, and that I have to do good. They 
send me back telling me that I have a I have to guide my son until he has grown up. My mission and to do good. The Spirit gives me the real meaning of the word doing good. Then I wake up. It takes me some minutes on the operating table. I have not been operated on. I look up the time on the clock in the operating uh, in the operation room. Two hours have gone by then. This, this time, I fall asleep again and wake up having been operated on. That is the uh, end of the experience. Okay, so let's go back and talk about Ali's experience. Ali's experience is, is very stereotypical, even up to the table. I, I've heard of people being, sitting around a round table of sorts, and so, or sometimes being in a room surrounded by other people or different things like that. She's convinced that it was God that is on the other side of the table. And she says there's somebody else there. And this brings up the unique part of this experience, which is humorous in my mind. I don't know whether she thought of it as humorous at the time, but uh, also kind of interesting. She says that this other person who is not God um, is also in white, couldn't see the face, which, you know, is a thing in near-death experiences often, not being able to see faces clearly. But uh, um, she says, it is as if this person was eating biscuits or the like, where the crumbs, uh, there were crumbs falling on the table. And that's, that's the only thing unique. Uh, other than that, you know, talking, they're talking telepathically in, in her head, and, you know, you got to go back and so forth. Everything else is very stereotypical of near-death experiences, but what of this person who is there eating a biscuit or cookies or something like that? Now, the eating aspect is not strange. There are many near-death experiences where people are eating. It's just this uh, image of there being this person sitting at the table, you know, here to give an account and having a snack in the meantime. And, you know, my first response is, that's weird. But my second response is, why not? I love eating snacks at meetings, you know. They have the, the donuts and orange juice at your, at your company meeting or whatever. Why not? <laughs> you know, and it just illustrates, it just illustrates to me how lifelike, and it, I mean, lifelike's the wrong word because, because uh, it's, it's life. I mean, near-death experiences are not, you know, just moving on to some unknown, strange region that is beyond anything that humans would ever consider. It, it is that to some extent, but it's also very normal. And it's also very joyful, you know, have a snack. You know, people talk about smells that are unique and, you know, and yes, most of it is very joyful and, and you know, calm, uh, uncommonly... Um, pristine, but there are aspects. I mean, crumbs on a table. Why shouldn't there be crumbs on a table if you're eating a biscuit? You know, <laughs> you think, doesn't it automatically clean itself up? Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And why should it? Anyway, I found that interesting. Okay, so let's look at this second experience. I had to look it up because uh, um, Jean, or perhaps pronounced John, because I, I, I did look it up. It is female, marked female, but. Uh, it, uh, some of the commentary afterward is written in French, which makes me think that this is probably someone from France or something like that. 
but that explains some of the uh, um, the funny wording in it. It's it's obviously either a translation or written by someone who English is their second language, and so they're writing it in English, and and so the grammar is a little bit different than you might expect from a native English speaker. Not a big deal. In fact, I find that uh, very interesting because I'm always on the lookout for um, experiences across the world. Of course, this is not. Uh, this would not be considered a non-Western experience, but it is still on, you know, uh, in in Europe, which is is a little bit further out than American experiences that most of these probably are, at least the majority. Um, but we'll take whatever we can get. We love hearing experiences from across the world. Um, so she has a very ethereal kind of experience. Sorry about that. I had to get my daughter out of the room. She was insistent on being here. And I told her, okay, but you got to be really quiet so I can do it. And she's banging stuff and, and talking and stuff. So I had to get her interested in something else. Anyway, um, so yeah, she's uh, she has a very ethereal kind of experience. Her experience is very you know, oneness with all kind of experience. And, you know, this, again, some people would consider um, to be contradictory to the kinds of very earth-like experiences, but I don't find it to be that way at all, actually. I find it to be, um, you, you know, the spirit world is very diverse. There are different, not only locations, um, of which there are many, many more than there are on Earth, from what we can tell. But there are also different states, different types of, of ways of being. And I'm under the impression also that when people are first dead, that it's like they, they exit the body and they're sometimes in a very non-bodily type state. If, if I had to guess... And again, I'm going off my own speculations here. It seems that there are different forms that we might take on the other side, one being no body form, and then the other being a, a spirit body form. And the non-body form, I've come to call conscious intelligence form. Um, often it will be just a light, or it will be, you know, it'll feel like you've got a body, but you don't see one, and everything seems to be much more open, and oneness is much more apparent, uh, merging happens much more easily. And, you know, I don't know if, if this is like something that could be called a spirit within a spirit kind of a thing. I, I just have no idea. Um, I'm just trying to find ways of making sense of the fact that some people seem to have no body at all, and then others seem to have a very earth-like body with uh, sensations of all kinds. But this um, non-body form will sometimes be described as being not visual, not auditory, not senses, but more than senses at the same time, too. That they can sense and recognize and feel uh, um, and have impressions of everything around them. And it's still this wonderful, joyful, loving experience, but it's much more collective-like in, in a lot of ways. And I'm not trying to teach this as if to say this is how it is. I have no idea how it is. I'm just trying to make sense of it. And, uh, and this seems to very much be that way. She says, um, I'm okay. No visual sensation, but I have the impression of floating in the air. It is dark. I do not see something that I call the collective mind in which 
all the good of humanity lives forever shows me my life and makes me understand that I have not accomplished anything good. Only egoism, I assume that's supposed to be egotism, but governs my life. Um, thereupon, that spirit projects me into the future 15 or 20 years further and shows me the life of those around me. So if I'm understanding this correctly, it's not that uh, it's not that she's there for 20 years or feels like she's there for 20 years, but rather she's given some kind of vision of 20 years in the future if she returns and the kind of things that she will be able to do. And it's unclear whether she's able to remember these events um, when she returns. She doesn't uh, go into that much detail about after her return. But she just knows that in her experience, she's shown things that she will accomplish if she goes back. That 20 years later, this will happen. And this is how it's going to affect people. This is, it's a life preview. I mean, not many people get those, but some people do. They, when they're on the other side, they get to see what's going to happen in the future with all its ramifications, much like a life review but of the future. And that's fascinating to me. And, and many people would ask the question, well, how does that coincide with agency? How can we have agency if, we, if it's predestined, so to speak? And to that, I have to say, first off, I don't know. I don't know. Clearly, we have agency. But how does that work with knowing the future of what's going to happen or what our potential is going to be? Other than to say, and this seems to be... Uh, consistent throughout these kinds of uh, future uh, reviews is that if you choose wisely, if you follow spiritual guidance that God is going to give you, then this will be the potential that you have. Interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, if you would like to contact the podcast, either to share your own experience, ask a question, or just share a comment, you can do so by emailing near death experience podcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. Also, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by either purchasing my book, Life in the Spirit World, or by uh, going to patreon.com slash NDE-CAST and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor. There you will have access to the extra weekly episodes that have been posted. So, with that, thank you again, all of you, so much for listening.